0: Welcome to another edition of Blueprint. I am the host of Taboo Topic, Ken Drew, with my friend Ryan from Between the Liars. Hello, Ryan. How are you, sir?
1: Good, although I feel underprepared here because my fancy name underneath doesn't say Between the Liars. That's my bad. (laughs) That's your fault, man. It is. Welcome to the show. You're right. (laughs) Next time. Welcome,
0: folks, to the first ever, at least for me anyway, the first ever live stream that's going to be hosted on Taboo Topic, so... Ryan, you've convinced me to do live stream. Congratulations!
1: Well, thank you. I I do take great pride in my work. I'm glad I was able to help you see the light.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Idiots, how are you, sir? How's your day? I'm
1: doing good. I uh I wound up uh, just going to work, mowed my lawn. Uh, It was well overgrown and uh, made dinner. It was pretty pretty relaxed day. Sounds like a full-grown dad day. Pretty much, yeah. I got my lawnmower to start on the first pole, and uh, yeah, I just had to flex on anybody else uh, who <laughs> who can't do that in the neighborhood, so I was very proud of myself for that.
0: <laughs> no issues with the lawn or anything like that either? Or a lawnmower, excuse me?
1: No, no, no. It was it was good. Uh, <laughs> it did not like the uh, knee-high grass that it was trying to cut, but, uh, you know, I
0: and whose fault is that?
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to take responsibility. Out of pocket. <laughs> little, a little, little bit, little bit, little <laughs> I'm bit. I'm just
0: messing with you. Anyways, uh, folks, welcome to the Blueprint Edition where we talk about solutions, essentially giving the American people a visual, what it means when conservatives anyway, talk about smaller government uh, people ha- like to use buzzwords, but obviously not many people because our government is so big people don't really understand what that means as far as Hey, we want smaller government. We like the idea of government leaving us alone Well, um, and then people ask us. Well, what does that look like? And we're just kind of looking like idiots and kind of like <laughs> veg- vegetables essentially as far as uh, Well, I didn't think that far ahead. So this edition, that's what we're doing as we're covering the first two weeks we covered we've been focusing on Congress and quick announcement actually uh, concerning congress is like after this week we got one more week to deal with congress and then we're finally moving on to the next brand so be sure to stay tuned and listen to the next two episodes to finally get a full rundown as far as what Ryan and I believe is to needs to happen to the changes that need to take place in order to have our government help be that ah, can't talk all of a sudden uh, be held accountable so uh we actually went on instagram live if you weren't if you weren't there already before but we actually were on instagram live and we were discussing uh some of the key aspects about this series that we've actually enjoyed so far and things that have stuck out with us and one of those things ryan that we that stuck out to you and i was the fact as far as how much uh the criticism of the anti-federalists have actually aged well Mm -hmm. versus the federalists but we also put in perspective as far as like. For, in hindsight, the times that the Federalists were under, the time that America was under at the time, it made sense why they wanted to ratify the Constitution yep. and just at least have, like, a baseline before we actually got, got, the, got the party started, essentially. Yes. So, anyways, um, so let's recap what happened last week. So, Ryan, um, last week we talked about the congressional pay and benefits, and if you wouldn't mind letting the audience know the things that y- you and I compromised on and what we came up with, that... Uh, Kind of give them a scoop. I would
1: appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, you put me on the spot. I'm going off the top of my head. Uh, I am pretty positive we agreed that they would be paid, but they would be paid no more than our service members. So we were looking about like between thirty and 40000 a year. They were not going to be allowed to trade stocks, um, they they nor their families. So anyone who's like yep. within uh, the, that one degree of freedom. So uh, we, we even, I think we even said, second cousins and such should probably be restricted but definitely no spouses no moms dads brothers sisters etc would be able to now they could put their money into a blind trust but because we were trying to emphasize the service portion of all of this we said that they weren't um, obviously well we had no trouble agreeing on the fact that uh, when you <laughs> when you shape the legislation that legislation affects the economy and then you put in or pull out of the stock market based off of what you know is coming down the pipe, that's corrupt. Even if Nancy Pelosi says her husband uh, does it and that her husband has never made right. any deals with prior knowledge. Uh, I, I, if, it, if it looks like BS and smells like BS, I'm, I'm calling it BS. So that's, <laughs> that's where that is. Uh, and then we also said that they, because originally I had said that they should, we should look at like median salaries in their district. But I think we settled yeah. on just the flat blanket of 30, 30 K, 35 K.
0: Because we also said they should, at that point, they'd be having another job as well right. to make up for it.
1: And um, yeah, I, I wanted them to be able to focus on their job in Congress, but at the same time, we're tired of the, the get rich. And so we were saying, you know, if service members can survive off of it and a good chunk of the economy can survive off of 35, 40K, uh, then you know, maybe they won't spend so much and put us in inflationary spiral where their, their dollar doesn't go quite as far. Uh, we also said that they were not going to be allowed to raise their salaries because we were sick of that. And so I think we landed on the only way that it could be raised you had mentioned that we would go with the the census bureau every 10 years it would basically be evaluated by the people and my proposal was that that would be done only through like a true uh amendment so like it would have to go to the people the people would vote in a true democratic form not just representatively like we usually are but like it's a it would be more like the uh constitutional convention where it, it goes to the states and the people vote so again hopefully or our hope at least was that that would serve as the check on them you know focusing on other things and instead focus on are they meeting the needs of the people in their districts or in their state that they're supposed to be serving. Did I miss anything? I think those were kind of the two the two major things. We limited the salaries, we limited that they can't raise it and we limited that they weren't allowed.
0: We also came up with some other interesting uniques our uh, nuances like, for example, when it came to the housing situation, mm-hmm. when while they're in Congress, we we decided that the state would cover their housing costs. That's right,
1: they, <laughs> that's the right. Gover-
0: that was covered everything else, but they also lost their pension as well. Um, after that's right. Congress.
1: Yep, yep. So, and I have those uh, written down somewhere, but my notebook is not in this room, and I realized that right when you put me on the spot. I was like, ah, I am, I am useless without my notes. Um, if I don't like, I, 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 put all my events in my calendar. Just fun fact for people, uh, so that I get notifications pushed to me, and I have it set right. so that I'm, I'm alerted with enough time to go to that event uh, and make it at least close to on time. And then for all my notes, I've got a. Th- that's why our show is so scheduled. Um, as far as like the, the outlines because I, I don't function without it. So, <laughs>
0: and I'll and behind the scenes like Ryan I have conversations I tell Ryan every single time like Ryan you're my note guy at this point <laughs> you're the one who loves taking notes
1: and I took the notes too that's the worst part I just I, I left them on on my notebook that's not in the in not in my office which as you can see the floor uh, right here behind me uh it's <laughs> it's kind of under construction still so I I did what I needed to to get the sound but yeah for some reason my camera's picking up the bottom of my floor that's that's kind of trashy it had carpet glued on top of it less than Uh, six weeks ago
0: (laughs) it'd be like that sometimes sometimes it do yep (laughs) so that was what happened last week um do you have any points that you thought of like uh, since we last recorded that you thought of that we missed
1: no uh like I jokingly said the first time I I try to to get it all in one swing um there's nothing that I could really think of I feel like we at least I walked away from the conversation feeling like we really checked all of those boxes but uh what about you
0: Well, we still haven't really gone over the lobbyist situation, and you and I did say we would uh, rain check that, and I'm still going to say we need to rain check that. I was going to say,
1: did you want to do that today? Because I can do it on the fly, but...
0: (laughs) I want to be... I'm not confident enough yet yeah. to actually go over it into one of those situations well, where if I talk about it, I actually want to feel confident in talking about it. Oh, look at you being responsible
1: about. as we should be as opposed to some of these people who shoot from the hip uninformed. No, yeah, no, I agree. Um, and again, just <laughs> to remind people, one of the reasons we put a rain check on that was because lobbying is one of those things that's very tricky because if you do too much legislation around it, you've infringed on the First Amendment. That's why lobbying is still allowed by and large is because uh, the Supreme Court said that like Well, in effect, people are what make up companies. Therefore, companies can lobby and it's the extenuation or the extension of of the free speech there. Uh, So I'd really like to dive deeply into that before we try to do legislation, because I don't want to be struck down by the Supreme Court, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of legislation, we actually that is pretty much the topic of today is talking about the legislative process mm-hmm. uh, which many Americans you know at a surface level it seems very simple and not a lot of stuff happens and not, which to be fair not a lot gets accomplished in congress obviously but when they do get things accomplished we hate it's them. they no. <laughs> I mean, we're not totally off. We do kind of hate them for. It depends on which side of the aisle you're on. If you're on the Democrat side and the Republican control Congress, you hate when they shove down bills that they disagree with, and vice versa. But one common aspect is like how they go about it. Uh, so the first thing I wanted to go over, actually, as far as the legislative process is the difference between the call to vote versus the voice vote. Mm. And this is something that Marjorie Taylor Greene, so if you want to go check out the Tim Pool podcast for Marjorie Taylor Greene's episode, ep- interview, I should say, uh, this is where I got the information from. But basically, she was explaining that in this, in Congress, anyway, first thing she explained was the majority party, they're the ones who have all the control and the power. And so basically they have this one committee where ha- we're of 10 people and there's five people that are Democrats and five people that are Republicans. And the thing is that because the Democrats hold a majority or whoever holds a majority, all they need to do is have a uni- unanimous vote based on party along party lines. And that bill would pass. And then you would think that these bills with these committees, this is like, you know, there's already been debate among co- the rest of Congress. Like I think it's like over 500 people in Congress, at least the House of Representatives, especially. However, a lot of these bills get passed just with these 10 people. That's it, and it only takes a a unanimous vote along party lines for it to get passed. And so that's what they call a voice vote. And in order to get that, to get everyone's name on record, you have someone in the room basically, literally, has to call out and say "call to vote," and then everyone in the room gets called. To, gets called into the chamber and actually debate it and then vote on it. Now, you would think this is, like, common sense and this is normal, but this is not the norm. And this is what Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying and talking about, like, how it's really strange that we're putting these people up there and our tax dollars are going there, but yet they're not doing their job. So, point number one as far as issues that we're concerned with. Point number two, the legislative process when it comes to to the actual – nature of the bill and ryan you kind of alluded to just a moment ago where there's some aspects of the bill where they portray the bill as one thing so let's say mm-hmm. let's use the oh i don't know the reduction inflation reduction not the one you've been going over lately right now there's many things about that bill that has absolutely nothing to do with inflation or the economy but it's basically a wish list that they shove down and here's the other thing about these bills as well is that they actually don't even bother reading these bills like 99% of the time. And who would? What sane well, person
1: go ahead. Not even that. Um they will they will put these bills up for a vote with like an hour once they've been, so like once the committee solidifies them, they'll give everyone else an hour. That's not enough time to read. I mean, you see how long it takes me to go through in our bill me segments the 757 page bill that right. they just passed. It took me uh, three sessions skimming through them. They cram all kinds of crap in there that you don't have the time to read. So that's that's not even just like they don't read them. Uh, that's a good half of it. And I'd say the other half is they they will strategically make it so that you don't have time to read it. One of the two. And then they'll be like, well, vote for it. Like Obamacare. They literally said, well, to figure out how this works and to figure out what's in the bill, you have to pass it.
0: What? I was going to say, that's what Nancy Pelosi said when they were debating about Obamacare. Nancy Pelosi was saying, oh, we'll figure out what's what's in the bill, the rest of this bill, once we pass it. And it's one of those things as an American, you just kind of think, well, shouldn't we at least uh, figure out uh, what's in the bill, and like actually read it word for word before we pass it. And ninety-nine percent of the time, they don't read it. And yep. what sane person, again, would actually read over hundreds of thousands of pages of a bill? That makes well, absolutely. Well, I mean, no it's sense. it's the
1: one thing they're they're paid to. Uh, Terminator seventy-two fifty says it's the Build Back Better. Yes. So the you're exactly right here. It's the Build Back Better bill that they renamed because people are angry about inflation, and then they renamed it the Inflation Reduction Act. It's literally the same stuff. Uh, there's a few things tweaked, but by and large, you're exactly correct. It it's pretty much the same thing uh (laughs) but you know hey in their defense it's it's the inflation reduction act so it's gotta gotta reduce inflation right (laughs) (laughs)
0: technically right but essentially also there's another thing as well that bothers me anyway is that there's people's of people in congress anyway that they feel as though they can just get away with not showing up to vote yes whenever they feel like it just because they didn't want their name on the record go ahead
1: and, and the other thing that they'll do is Whoever's in power. So lately Democrats have been calling the Republicans to vote so that they can say, ah, you know who didn't vote for this bill? They voted against it. They voted against you poor people, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You should vote her out. So like they only do roll call instead of, you know, it's your damn job. Show up and do it because we're paying you to do it. It's become, well, who can we castigate? Because we know that, you know, we'll, we'll, We'll highlight the line item at the top of the bill, which is inflation reduction, and then we'll talk about how we put in a cap on insulin, and then we will use roll call to force people who don't want the rest of the crap in the bill to come out and vote against it. And then we can say their name is on record voting against it. The evil
0: Republicans—they're trying to make you poor, starve you. <laughs> That's—it's a good political tactic, to be
1: honest. Well, there, well, Ken. Oh. I mean, if you voted against the the Inflation Reduction Act, did you know that they were part of the bill? Had to do with uh, just one section of it. It had to do with uh, putting uh, like green energy things in. Uh, impoverished communities. So you hate impoverished communities if you vote against that. Right? I mean, it doesn't matter Definitely. the price tag attached to it. You you hate impoverished even communities, though,
0: even though the, <laughs> even though those policies actually hurt those impoverished communities well. even further. But what do I know, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that this does really <laughs> highlight nicely uh, when you've got an omnibus package like you've got this bill with just just a a, a monstrosity of everything that's in there. They they pass in part it, it, when we touched on this in in the pre-show. In part, it is a, Ken doesn't like this part that I've put in there, so then he puts something else in there as a compromise. And that used to be the way that it is, but now it's just become, uh, and I'll give you the best example is the Inflation Reduction Act again. Uh, they, They should not have been able to pass that bill with a bare majority. Uh, 50 plus one. They they needed a filibuster-proof majority, so 60 votes. But did you know that budget reconciliation only requires a bare majority? And there's a limit to how many times you can do it. I think it's three times in a legislative session. So they basically got two to three bullets in their chamber, and they used one of them on that. And they got it by with the bare majority along party lines in the Senate, and then Kamala Harris was the tie-breaking vote. And the way that they got this through is that they said, well, it has some tax and budget things in it, so we can do this with budget reconciliation. So they passed a conglomerate bill with things like massive restrictions on things that they have said are affecting climate change, uh, massive, you, you shouldn't be allowed to pass tax reforms, I don't think, I don't think you're allowed to, with simple majority. You can pass budget reconciliation, but you can't like drastically alter tax, I, I at least I, I don't think you can, I could be wrong on that. But the rest of the stuff I know for sure you cannot. And what I, and I talked about this in the Bill Me segments, what I think they've done is they've effectively destroyed the filibuster because the next time Republicans are in control, because it swings back and forth and, and and people forget this. There will come a time when Republicans are in control. And when Republicans are in control, there will come a time when Democrats are back in control. That's the way that it is. And what they've said as the precedent now is that as long as you throw in something to do with the budget, you can get whatever you want done with the bare majority. And you can use one of the bullets in your chamber of budget reconciliation to get it done mark my words next time republicans are in power and they pull something like this democrats will be like (gasps) How dare Republicans? They've destroyed the institutions just like they did when they broke the filibuster vote for uh, confirmation for Supreme Court justices. The reason Trump rammed through four justices is because Democrats set that precedent and then they dislike it when it comes back around. So it used to be that this was you know, a way to get something done so we didn't have gridlock and now they've changed it to, eh, there, uh, not enough people got in here for the will of the people to be represented, so I'm just going to cram this through on a bare majority vote.
0: Well. Uh, What's I was gonna, I was gonna point out the when Harry Reid was in Senate Majority Leader and he was cramming through uh, their federal judges at the time. Yep. And I think it was actually Mitch McConnell who warned him at the time. Which don't get me wrong, I don't like Mitch McConnell by any means of the imagination. Hey, man.
1: he's in my state now.
0: <laughs> it is what it is. But the point is, the point is that Mitch McConnell literally warned that this, you know, what you just talked about, as far as like, well, you're setting a new yeah. precedent now. If you're gonna do it, then we'll do it too.
1: Yeah, they they. <laughs>
0: it's prevents politics it's not you know and not necessarily that I agree with it but at the same time if you're going to play dirty I don't blame them for playing dirty back at the same time
1: and and this is where blueprint comes in for me because um, I I don't think that there should be a nuclear gun that the government can hold towards each other at <laughs> all. Um, and I say that hyperbolically, but I mean, also, you know, we've got that literally. But uh, as far as like Sorry. Senate nuclear options, like it's literally called the nuclear option. Let's abolish the filibuster and then let's cram through all of this other stuff on a bare majority vote. I don't think that you should have that destructive of a weapon as an option. Once Democrats break that norm, though, and historically, they're the ones who break it and then they tend to get mad when Republicans use it. I don't think Republicans should use it. But like you mentioned, I also think that, you know, if if those are the rules that are set playing by the rules, you can't get mad at them for that. So I wish that the precedent hadn't been set and then it hadn't been used. But here we are. And I am most afraid that this will now be the landslide Way that we go, like you've basically kicked us over the hill with the avalanche. There is no stopping this now because Republicans will say, well, you pushed through things we thought were garbage. Stop us now. Good luck. And that's just going to be the way that it is forever and always, I think.
0: Well, that's that's assuming, of course, Republicans take control back of the House or Congress. even.
1: And I'm Uh, not even talking about necessarily this this voting season. (laughs) Like, I mean, I think the polls are saying that, you know, they've they've got a good chance to at least pick stuff up, depending on what polls you go with. But eventually it swings back the other way. The other shoe drops at some point, even if it's not this. Even if it's not this particular uh, round of voting. True. And so that kind of gets
0: into proposals then, right? Like we yep. just bitched about the problems <laughs> that we dis- disagree with. But here are some ideas, folks, as far as uh, what we think. Well, this is actually, I'll go first. And since this is what, uh, this is all based on my Substack newsletter. So if yep. you actually want to go check this out and actually see the transcript by itself, just type in Kenjin296.substack.com and just look up Congress. Uh, smaller government, and you can literally scroll all the way de- down to the bottom. And you can see, like, my point by point. Uh- practical ideas as far as what we need to do in order to fix the problems. And if you're uh,
1: like me and you're lazy and you're not going to type that in, I linked it below for my followers <laughs> so you can just go to the section that says more of, of Ken um, and that'll take you to his link tree which his, his sub stack is right there. So if you want to do that instead, there you go. You got no excuse not to go look at it now. It is really helpful. It's a nice little <laughs> outline.
0: <laughs> yeah, so what we've been doing the last couple of weeks is like I come up, I will lay out the proposals I written before in my sub stack news article and then Ryan, I let Ryan Ryan, take the floor, and I'll let Ryan go point by point, and then I'll let Ryan also come up with his own ideas and his own proposals as far as like this is what I would want as far as how to fix these problems. So, this is where the fun begins, folks. This is where the actual <laughs> Constitutional <laughs> Convention. And if I had a wig, i will put on a wig right now.
1: Showcase sh- <laughs> my age, so. <laughs> Uh I've got a picture of when I dressed up as George Washington for President's Day in kindergarten. I wore my grandmother's wig, and like my—it's great. I wore my younger brother's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was five at the time, so my two and a half-year-old brother. Uh, I wore his pants because they were too short, so I had like the knickers, uh, and then my dad's like long socks. I'll post that somewhere. It was pretty humorous. I found that the other day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So and yes, Terminator seven two five, I agree with you in your last point that as far as Republicans being nice I'll makes us it. lose. I agree with that. So I think for a long time I think that's one of the reasons why we get we're getting a lot of MAGA candidates uh, beat out the incumbents, hmm. the rhinos as the new Republicans are calling them now these days. And I am proud to say I voted in the primaries and I voted for <laughs> what I consider to be rhinos as well. So I'm tired <laughs> well, of losing v- <laughs> as
1: well. <laughs> you say you voted for them or voted against them?
0: I voted for the candidate,
1: MAGA candidates. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I thought you said yeah, you voted, voted for the rhinos. I was like, no, yeah, I didn't
0: vote for the rhinos. Okay, I voted that's you the confused
1: Rido. me. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I would say to that comment, uh, I guess it depends on what you think of as losing, because like there does come a point where we destroy the overall quality, and that all gets dragged down. Like when everybody plays dirty, there is a point where that becomes an issue. But I mean, I still see the point that he, that uh, Terminator. I, don't, <laughs> I, I was going to say he, so but I don't know. I don't know. Get his name, <laughs> right. Get his Dave, right. Uh, there we go. Right. How do you know it's a him? It's a Terminator. Uh, it's a machine. That's Come true. on. Be, there you be, go. Well, it's a destroyer. Uh, the <laughs> destroyer has, has the point, though, I think. <laughs> uh, the destroyer of mankind, a.k.a. It's, Congress. We've got to be inclusive. Um, <laughs> it's not binary. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, what I was gonna. I'm this is what you get on the live show. I love it. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say that, um, but at the same time, though, if you let the other side take advantage, then they'll continue to do so, and then that's the status quo. So you really have to pick like what do you think is losing, and then vote accordingly, right, against that. So. Um, uh, you were true. saying, yeah. Ken, uh, do we – I think you were talking about your sub stack and the layouts, and we were talking about yeah. what we would do to change. And then we got off on uh, sure, uh, tangent. Founding side Fathers. Side. <laughs> it's okay.
0: But anyways, so thank you for, <laughs> for the entertainment you just provided. Anyways, uh, thank you That's for joining our show, chat. by the way. Thank you for joining our <laughs> show, by the way. appreciate it. So anyway, so these are the actual proposals I actually have written down. So the first point. I have here is no delicate shot shall be excused from being present for the debate of the bills unless severe illness, natural disaster or deathly matter warrants an excuse. Voice votes shall be terminated with every proposal being a mandatory call to vote. So in other words, you either be be dying or you're dead. And if you're going to miss the call to vote, Um, that's my perspective on that. Uh, second point during these debates, at least one congressional member in the chamber must read out loud every single word of the bill before it can be voted on with every member present with the exceptions mentioned. Uh, these debates and readings must be also be publicly available before the call to vote. Uh, there must be a minimum of at least one week delay before the actual vote takes place to allow the representatives and their voters to discuss the matters that will affect the American citizens. And the reason why I've said is because we've seen, we've all seen Congress at times, uh, vote these bills overnight while everyone's asleep and th- that's when they shove down these bills and shove down these laws down our throats without even giving us the chance to at least know what's going on. So that's why I have that little one week delay there. Uh, next point, the bills, this, you're going to like this one, Ryan, the bills must be relevant to the issue at hand, AKA single issue bills. That is the, uh, to t- cover the topic as far as the situation with, uh, The fact that we just shoved in so many random, irrelevant topics and subjects. It's basically the majority party's wish list in there in order to get what they want. And as you mentioned, Ryan... They found new loopholes, to eventually essentially killed the filibuster. So
1: yes, um, qu- well, can I do a quick interjection on that? I got a question for you. Go ahead. Uh, so going back to the idea that a lot of, not always, in fact, most of the time we're not seeing this being the reason, but we do see that uh, not having a single issue bill can provide for compromise where we would have otherwise had gridlock. What do you think about that? Because now we might not see anything passed, or like, what, 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 what would you? Are you okay with that? I guess is my question.
0: So personally, the less the federal government can do, the better. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I'm with in... you on that.
1: That's why I was asking. so I was yeah. I was just trying to make sure. Um, so yeah, but...
0: if they can't if they can't find a compromise, then that's how it needs to be, I guess. Sometimes. and and
1: again, we're limiting this to the federal government, not to the state, is that correct? right Okay, yes, and I'm okay with that because up. yeah, I think that I, I wouldn't want to. I don't know. You've got a certain amount of horse trading, I guess is what they'd call it, right? Where it's kind of like a this for that quid pro quo, where you (laughs) need to be able to trade something. Although, I mean, even with single issue bills, you can make the promise. And you know, if they weren't slime balls where I didn't trust them, then, you know, I I would be more willing to believe that they would be like, hey, you vote for me on this one, I'll vote for you on that one. Uh, and, And maybe we'd have to see a higher level of integrity. I don't know. But yeah, I think that that's I'm I'm with you on these. I just want to be sure that you know you were okay with that being a potential reality.
0: I mean, let's go. I mean, immigration, like that's a single issue, but there's many. There's a lot of room for compromise in that as well. I mean, you've heard compromise as far as Republicans wanting at least border security, while the Democrats want at least some sort of like legalization of the illegal aliens who came here as kids, at least. And so there's like little stuff like that that still can be used in a single issue bills, but they can't throw in there something like. Uh, We're also going to build like 4,000 solar panels across the nation as well. But it has absolutely no relevance to immigration. So So.
1: quick question then just to really make sure I understand your definition of a single issue bill. Does that mean – so for example, in the bill that was just passed, they had quote-unquote green energy, but it dealt with – Uh, restrictions on corporations, penalties for corporations who weren't green enough, subsidies and incentives for corporations who would take on new green initiatives and like update things, uh, restrictions on who could contract and build those things. So they basically threw in a bunch of unionizing stuff. They also had stuff for uh, citizens and individuals with price caps on like if you do this amount of thing, like you can get like $600 for doors, $600 for windows, etc. So they had like multi-level and that's all under the concept of green energy and it was also broken down based off of things like uh nuclear uh zero and they call it like zero emission quote-unquote uh, and then they had sections on like hydroelectric they had things on uh solar and wind and like all of that was included under the main sub or the main subheader for this bill which was just like green energy green subsidies is that going to be allowed in in our world like could i because otherwise you're going to be doing a lot of voting and there will come up because like if they have to call a vote for each one of those things and some things don't function without others, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying it might be a reality. Are we OK with that? Because it might be. And I'm just just giving you an example of how this might play out. If they say, OK, well, we're going to pass the the green initiative portion where we give the subsidies, but then they don't the bill doesn't pass that raises the taxes to get those. I would support that, but then realistically, you've neutered their ability to give those incentives. You see what I'm saying here? So a lot of times this bill is interwoven on purpose, And that's a large part of the reason personally why I disagree with it. But I just want to see if if you're okay with limiting it that much that it's like, okay, this bill has to only deal with the we could even say like the housing in general. So like windows, doors, et cetera, for individuals, this bill has to do with subsidies. We're reducing these subsidies here like because there was like 700 line items that they dealt with. Sorry, I yeah. keep going. Let me let me let you answer. Go ahead.
0: Well, that's an interesting caveat I did not think about. But I
1: only I thought about it because of the, the huge-ass bill that I just read through. So <laughs> That's an
0: interesting caveat. <laughs> um, so basically, so what would you think as far as would-be-fair
1: scenario? Oh, man, I got to think. Come on. I just put – I asked the question okay, first. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I guess for
0: me, I guess I could compromise to that as far as like, listen, you want to we'll make a se- we'll make two single separate bills okay. one bill that actually deals with the actual policy of immigration and then the other bill has to do with the actual monetary policy of immigration like how we're going bi- to fund the wall for example okay um, so I can compromise to that idea.
1: Now, I will I say at the state level, they don't necessarily require that. California would be a great example of that because they passed something about health care for all, but they didn't pass the funding that they needed to subsidize it. So the bill was basically a virtue signal and we get a lot of those anyway. So it's not unprecedented. It would just now not be required. Like, I think it was like a I don't know if it was incompetence or oversight is probably both given that it was. Uh, I mean, a governmental issue, but basically what was said to summarize the politician who proposed it, we'll worry about funding once this passed.
0: Well, I just thought of this idea then, for, let's take immigration back to, for a second, sure. right? Like, I think it's ridiculous that the federal government um, has that much power over the state that actually ha- that actually lives next to these uh, these border states mm-hmm. that actually live next to Mexico, for example, and they can't really do anything about it, supposedly. What if we actually came up with the idea as far as when it comes to like monetary issues like that, let the states have the power to fund them and finish the project. And the policy aspect just gives the states the power or the right to go ahead and continue with that project.
1: So if so you're saying the federal government retains the power to pass the policies, but the state has to garner the wages to like be able to to put it into effect. The this is the issue that would arise out of that. And I'm not saying that this is a reason not to do it. But here's the reality, I think, of what you'd be dealing with. States would not have the power to, to, they still wouldn't have the power to secure their own borders in that instance. They would have to rely on the federal government to do so. And then the federal government might say that we want this specific thing. Mm-hmm. but the states really want this right so let's say that they're like well you can't build a wall but you can i don't know you can you can build more cages yeah this is just a hyperbolic example of like a, a, a legislation that they might have where the states don't want that right or they might say well you can uh i'm trying to think there's some ways where the federal government is kind of like a big f you um, to the, well to the people and to the states but it, it's something along the lines of like well you can build more cages but you cannot increase the number of people who staff those, right? You see what I'm saying? Like the, the, the federal government getting control of those things, I feel like would still completely neutralize the state's ability to do anything. I, I, I think- so what, what
0: if we actually made it mandatory then where they have to come up with a- we actually put, made it a constitutional amendment to where they made it they make the policy debate and then pass the policy aspect, but they have to at least pass the monetary policy anyway within- six months, tops. That way it's not just a versus signal scenario.
1: My concern with that, I'm going to stop saying the issue because it's not necessarily there's anything wrong with it. It's just my personal concern. My concern with that is a lot of times these negotiation games are a game of chicken, right? And when you put a clock on it like that, My concern is that someone will try to pressure someone else. Like one party will try to pressure the other or even people within the party will try to pressure it or else we're going to run out your clock. Like, you know, you don't even like within the party. Right. So like you get like AOC saying, um, I need you to pass this other bill. It's it's a separate issue bill and it's not being passed at once. But kind of like they did with the Build Back Better and the infrastructure stuff or like the. Um, and then the bill that they held it up with was for the um, budget approval for the federal government and almost wanted to shut down, I feel like we'd see more of those and the government would be in a perpetual threat of being shut down. And when the government gets shut down, service people don't get paid. Like there's a shit ton of people who do not get paid and that would be my concern is that you now have created a whole bunch of pawns.
0: Well, I want to bring up this point that the Terminator just brought up. What have we actually made it to where for every policy that gets passed and they can cannot come, on, come up with a monetary policy afterwards, the bill that was originally passed gets expired at that point.
1: That could actually work. Um, again, I think you're still going to deal with the clock. I, I think that my biggest concern would be that someone would try to like get their other issues out. But because we're limiting this to single issue bills and because we're making it so that they have to read everything from the floor, I feel like that really cuts back on my concerns there. I'm almost wondering if we're not going about this the long way and instead I could just say you've got to pass your funding and your policy at once and you can split them if you can't agree, but like in general, they should be proposed and passed together.
0: Is that to an extent. too yeah, straightforward?
1: Because like I guess my question then would be like, why would we even, not that like they have to pass these at the same time, but I'm trying to think why they wouldn't if, I don't know. So I guess maybe then we would need to broaden our definition of single issue means that it includes one issue and the funding specifics then. So like that might also include any tweaks for taxes, let's say. So like if they just to go back to the Inflation Reduction Act, I'm just going to start calling it the Inflation Act. It, to go back to the Inflation <laughs> Act, thank you, uh, you can pass the tax code changes – on these corporations relevant to your bill. So, like, you can't just pass all of these tax code changes, but the ones that are like, we want to garner this money through fines for people who don't comply, you could include the way by which you are going to be raising and generating your money in that bill. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah. I mean, when it comes to, I mean, that kind of goes what I was saying earlier as far as the more broader definition of single issue bills. Um, as long as it actually is relevant to the issue itself, I think that I'm okay with that. I could live with that personally. Um, what do you mean call it? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh part of me is okay. A part of me likes the idea. At the same time, as far as you know, just separate separating the two. Uh, bills per se as far as like one for policy one for funding but at the same time you don't want to run into a situation like california where they passed the situation where they passed universal healthcare for all but they also weren't able to pass the funding aspect so at that point it's just virtue signaling like you mentioned earlier so i can see myself compromised into that but let's move on real quick and go to my last two points i wanted to bring up real quick my last two proposals uh these requirements shall be applied for both members, chambers of Congress. Uh, failure to meet these expectations shall warrant the impeachment process. And anything not covered in this amendment shall be subject to Article 10 of the Constitution. So that is my proposals that you can find on Substack. W- when ahead.
1: you when you say subject to Article 10, you just mean delegation back to the states? Or, or what, did you, what did you, back did you mean to by the that? Okay. Delegation back to sure. the
0: states. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that is my po- proposals now. Ryan, take us point by point, what you like, <laughs> yeah. didn't like, and what would Ryan if he were king of the castle right now and he said this is the chases I've been posing today Yeah. What would Ryan say?
1: I agree with all of those for the most part. Uh, for me it was really just nitpicking the specifics to make sure that we keep the government in check like we're intending to. It's not even even the questions that I raised, it's not so much that I want to uh, you know, push back on your ideas as much as make sure that they're water—you know—bulletproof, waterproof, whatever you want to call them. Uh, what about in, in addition to that? I think the one thing that I would like to add is Congress has to submit a summary to the media in layman's terms of every item of the bill. So instead of just the convenient ones like, oh, you know, we're trying to pass, you know, the green energy portion, you have to include the funding for IRS agents. You have, you know, all of that in a brief summary. I know it can be done because I do it on my Bill Me segments every single time. And I think that I don't care. You can you can have <laughs> your 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 aides or pages or whatever they're called, uh, the people who are the runners for them. You can have them type it up if you want. I don't care. But the media's all of them, like main legacy media's, and it just needs to be publicly available on their websites. Uh, but that needs to be out so that the people have access to that without having to go through. Granted, we've shortened the the stuff, but just for like the casual person who's like. I don't get this jargon. You can't say, well, this is going to apply to section 227, subsection D, Sub subsection E is going to be amended to read. And then they have to go dig for it. Like, I think it needs to be a full summary. This is exactly what we're doing. That would be one thing that I would add if I were king. (laughs)
0: Um, What about the filibuster situation? Uh, How would we enforce the filibuster problem that we're dealing with? Do you want to make the filibuster permanent for all situations or do you want to allow that caveat for uh, budget reconciliation because I'm tempted to say there's got to be a super majority there's got to have that's those sixty votes even for the budget situations because at that point you're forced to
1: compromise I think the main reason that that's gone to a simple majority is so that we didn't go into as many shutdowns but and at I, the same I time, see the those- value of that but I also see your concern so I'm trying to think here um I think I would be okay with the bare majority for budget reconciliation because it's limited to, I believe it's three, it might be two, but it's a small, like they can't pass unlimited legislation, but if we limit it to single item bills and budget reconciliation, let's say, let's add to this, then you cannot have anything that's not expressly budget related, not some tangent, not like they just did, has to be just budgets to avoid shutdown. That's fine. I would be okay with that so long as we keep the single item bill has to be read from the floor. You can only do it the three times in a in a year or you know whatever their, their time frame is. And you can't throw in all that bloat and try to cram through your pet projects.
0: Now, personally, I think shutdowns are a little bit overblown by the media because essentially our government, our system is a free market capital system. And I think one point, so I made the argument that Uh, Really, the shutdown really affects the federal workers and the national parks um, and the U.S. military, which, for the most part, they always fund the military at the very least and the VA. To extent. But so really, I mean, are we really missing out a whole lot? I mean, is it really that big of a deal if we have these shutdowns? (laughs)
1: I think it depends on the situation. I think that some people can afford the shutdowns more than others. I've known people where like their family was dependent on it and they weren't able to make because like landlords, et cetera, like they, they don't, they don't really care about that at times, most of the time. So I think that there are people who it affects and places them at greater risk Especially for longer extended shutdowns. Now, we've had times where it's like shut down for like a day. We've had times where it's shut down. I think the Obama administration was the time where it was like the longest. Uh, Maybe maybe it was more recent than that. And and the ones where like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter as much if the grass gets caught on some of these monuments. Uh, But the other thing here (laughs) is these people have to keep going to work, right? And they do get back pay, but they're not getting checks. Um, And Terminator does make a good point. The military has to remain on duty. And there's like anyone who's, uh, I think there's like tears to this, right? So like, obviously, like FBI, CIA, like these people all have to continue despite a shutdown. I think it also bothers me because when we go into a shutdown, Congress basically adjourns, don't they? At least that's how they've been treating it. So, I mean, what incentive is there for them? They're getting paid the what? $275,000, $175,000 salary regardless. So I don't know, I guess- so what if
0: we added the caveat to where if they do shut down, Congress also loses their pay as well. And also and also, add the caveat, maybe, to where they can get away with passing a simple majority for the military, but for everything else, you have to get two-thirds of a vote.
1: Why, why would you allow um, the exception for the military? Because the
0: military remains on duty. And it's a matter of national security. So that's okay. why I would argue the military should have that caveat. I don't think the military's okay. pay should be in question. Or even the uh, federal workers, like down with the border, border Patrol agents, even. So let's make some caveats, I would say, that actually deal with national security issues. Uh, And so allow that for um, civil majority, but for everything else, I mean, everything else after national security, it's pretty much just more like a, you know, I guess an inconvenience that the government is not funding those areas. So we can get away with just a matter of uh, not paying for these other programs. But that's just me.
1: I'm trying to think. I guess I haven't really looked into shutdowns as to, like... I know that, like, when they reach an impasse and there's certain, like, time crunches and stuff, then the government goes into a shutdown. But, like, I'm trying to remember exactly what contributes to those to get there in the first place. That's why I have a hard time uh, setting these restrictions around it because I, I, I don't remember. Um, other than, like, you know, time runs out, especially when it comes to budget stuff, right? So if they don't set the budget, I know that's one. I feel like there's other reasons that we can get into a shutdown, too. But we were most recently threatened with the shutdown when they uh, couldn't agree on the national budget. It's also very interesting to me that they they choose the budget and then they pass the taxes to fund it, right? Like they they pass the budget and they say, oh yeah, you all will be funded this amount. They don't have the money at that time. They're floating on credit. And they're, they're counting on taxing us to get it. It's very, I, I'm not saying that it's illogical. Well, I'm just saying it's an interesting system. Caveat. yeah i don't know i guess i just didn't really think about it a whole lot uh, the actual process until i had to dig into this a little bit more um well i
0: was was just
1: thinking as well
0: as far as i just thought of as far as like other social welfare programs would it be affected i just not thought of like social security for example i would imagine that that would be affected by shutdowns it would be so i think having that caveat as far as Congress, if they go to a shutdown, like they lose their pay as well, like they don't get paid at all. Yeah. That would force Congress to actually... And what if what if we actually included, like suspend their uh, benefits as well? If you take away their benefits to where now oh, they actually have to go pay for their own food kind of deal. Now they're actually incentivized to get off their asses essentially and, you know, come to a compromise and go ahead and actually pass the budget. And Terminator... 7 7250 brought up that Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid—they're all affected. So, uh, thanks yep. for that information. Terminator,
1: yep. uh, welfare—another one that they brought up. Uh, so, like WIC and food stamps, etc. So, and that's that's why I say that, like you know, it really depends on your socioeconomic class and what you do, uh, whether or not you can. Uh, And it's also going to be on a person-to-person basis, right? Like the ideal is, you know, we're told you're supposed to have three months of, you know, reserve cash. Not everybody can. Um, Not everybody does, right? Sometimes that's, say, I don't make enough for me to be able to set aside that much. Uh, Sometimes it's, I just blow my paycheck. So it really can vary person-to-person for a lot of reasons in a lot of ways. Uh, But I I don't know. I think that it's it's an interesting caveat to have to bring up. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a way that we can restrict the number of shutdowns that take place in the first place, right? So, like, if the budget issues are what really drive, like, n- not being able to agree to the point that they can't pass the budgets is the reason uh, that they shut down. We can go nuclear and say that if that happens um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a- and they can't get it with the 50%, then all of Congress is suspended and we do a new election for the whole Congress. I don't know. Uh, that's pretty I radical mean, the
0: Amer- there. I mean, I'm sure at least a good handful of Americans would like that, actually. but
1: Probably. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's because they, <laughs> although then I would see Congress members who are like trying to like throw the game so that cause like they don't like that we, I don't know. It would be like an interesting tension between they want to keep their job, but also they want the majority. I don't know. It'd be really interesting if we made it to where if they shut down, then we call for a new vote of all of Congress since they're not doing anything anyway and they're going to be shut down anyway, might as well put new people in and those people can't be reelected. So then that would make it so that- but they you also know, lose
0: their benefits afterwards?
1: No, they lose everything. They're just completely kicked out, done.
0: Because they fail to fulfill their duty kind of deal? I yeah. like it, right? I'm okay. feeling it, right? Like that is
1: the most <laughs> nuclear- I'm i am wondering if when we put this up for a vote to our followers at the end of this, if that would be a deal breaker. Well, like, that's pretty- I, I mean, I, and here's my, let me explain my rationale for that real quick. So, if if we're, we, we agreed, right, Ken, correct me if I'm wrong, we agreed that you could get this budget reconciliation done with the bare majority, 50% plus the VP, VP tiebreaker, right, like they've got right now.
0: When it comes to the military, at least, we agreed on that.
1: Okay, but let's let's say, just for the sake of argument, we allowed it for all of it, like it currently does, and it's okay. limited in how many times they can, if you can't agree within your party then all you should be freaking fired like that that d- d- it, like because what it is then and this is exactly what we saw play out the more radical people in the in the left the, the far left so we have like AOC Ilhan Omar like I guess Ilhan Omar's not in the Senate but neither are is AOC but like we had people right. who were saying we will not pass this because it has to pass the Senate and then it has to go to the House and then they have to reconcile their differences and then it has to go to the President. They were saying we will not do this unless we get X, Y, and Z things. So if you're going to hold up your own party on a budget issue to the point that you can't even get 50% of you when you hold at least that bare majority through, then I think you shall be fired and done.
0: Well, that's a fair point. Um, I'm marking it down
1: then, at least as a, as an option.
0: <laughs> Real quick, we'll cool, get to the Terminator. Um, we'll, actu- we'll actually cover the Cabinet level cabinet members. We'll actually talk about other welfare programs uh, down the road and everything like that. So stay tuned for that. Um, For this week, anyway, we're just focusing on just just the process, legislative process. We're just thinking about the caveats for now. But we will talk about the cabinet and possibly shrinking the size of the executive branch and other government programs. So we'll get to that eventually, but we're just focusing on one single issue bill. Single I, I issue. Know.
1: <laughs> and that was, that was my <laughs> suggestion. You're welcome. Cause I, I, I was like, man, so many times we get out of here we don't get to cover it as in depth or we go on for four and a half hours and then, you know, anchor was right. kicking us off. And, and also, you know, not everybody us <laughs> do that all the way through. Like, I don't know my ADHD, I like to have smaller, shorter episodes and more digestible in a shorter amount of time. So yeah, it was, there's so much to cover. I think we originally thought this was only going to be a handful of episodes and it's still going to be a limited series because once it's done, we're done, but we haven't even made it through Congress. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, mean, I even showed Ryan like all the all the topics I want to cover yeah. and it's a long list we can cover as far as like what we can do to shrink the government in certain aspects that maybe are not be necessarily constitutional right now, but maybe should be constitutional for that protection that the founding fathers didn't think of. To, uh, one of those things...
1: Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. I was... I was going to take us back to your, your previous question, so I don't want to change the topic while you were on a thought. <laughs> well,
0: that lost my thoughts. so go I'm ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> mean to cut you
1: off. That's okay. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, so uh, – Austin is going to be very happy that you proposed the read the whole bill out loud because he's been calling for that since the beginning. I jumped <laughs> on board that train. 100% agree with that. Uh, I like the space that you provided one week. I think that that's plenty of time. Even if you've got a revolving door of topics, you should always be reading anyway. I mean, I read more than they do as a as an academic scholar. Uh, <laughs> if you're paid to do this, you should be doing it. So agree there. Uh, you said no exceptions for roll call. My question is, what if you have family emergencies? What if you have like, I mean, because like, even though it is a full time job even the crappy jobs do provide certain amounts of leave will you provide any exceptions there would you be open to exceptions at all i understand like the harshness you're coming from and i agree with it i'm just wondering if we can provide any exceptions
0: i mean if they got that's kind of like the point as far as the first point like deathly manners like (laughs) let's say it is that family member who just passed away kind of deal or a severe illness it uh, could be, fam- so maybe I would add the caveat to, like, severe illness matters.
1: Would you, would you, when you say roll call, would you allow them? Because, like, they did a lot of Zooming in and stuff like that. Would you allow them? I, would, still- I
0: would allow I would allow for a Zoom call, okay. since it's 21st century anyway. Cool.
1: Okay, so as long as you're not, like, you need to be in the Senate chambers to do this, then, honestly, there's, I, I mean, there's very few <laughs> places you're going to go where you don't get enough Wi-Fi that you could at least, like, <laughs> vote from afar, you know?
0: I th- that's, that's what I was going to say, is at this point in 21st century, I mean... To an extent, there's really no excuse why you shouldn't be able to vote yep. on an issue, or have the role to call, uh, yep. call to vote. Excuse me. So, or at least even be present in the moment when the situation's <laughs> happening. So, uh, so we, yeah,
1: we Go could ahead. even do it like I do for uh, my classroom. You know, you set a certain amount of excused absences, and then from there on out, like you know, you you can't pass. So <laughs> they get a certain number of excused absences, and then they're fired. Uh, and I'm just coming down harsh on them. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. You can miss two. Uh, two unexcused absences where you didn't vote, and then uh, then they're fired. I don't know, something like that. What do you think? Oh, yeah,
0: that kind of gets into the impeachment process I just brought yes. up, and I actually wanted to bring that up as far as, like, what do you know about the impeachment process for, to remove Congress members? I was anyway. say, I'm
1: less familiar with that than with uh, the president. So I know, is it similar to the president? Because I know for the president, the House is what, what impeaches the president, and then the Senate removes from office or not. Is there a similar check and balance there or no?
0: I am not entirely sure. The only thing I know, like I just think of Marjorie Taylor Greene, like at one point, like they're talking about removing her from office, like from Congress, like impeach her just because of her past statements that she's made and everything like that. And it seemed like they could just get away with just a simple majority, which I mean, they can get away with that being the majority of Democrats. So with that said, um, what if Congress doesn't want to hold themselves accountable? What then? How can they, why were they impeaching themselves kind of deal? So I just, so I actually wrote this down as a potential check of balance to at least enforce the impeachment process. Why have we left the impeachment to the states, right? So let's say these certain members of the, let's say the members of Florida, they voted to pass or they failed to fulfill their duties as Congress, right? And the people in Florida, they're pissed off and they want to recall them essentially. Like why should that be an option for the people to vote on or even or not even the necessarily the people, but they should be like state legislators like the Senate, how we used to vote the senators into the Senate like what if it was the impeachment process as far as letting the state state legislators impeach their own congressional members back because they to they fail to fulfill their duties.
1: I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to multitask here and and figure out the exact system, see what there is and how he would change it. I I don't know that I'm sold on the people being able to impeach because I think that you get a lot of disgruntled people. And here's the deal. Like we just saw the recall of Gavin Newsom, right? Like you had enough signatures that he was actually recalled. I know you can recall governors and I'm wondering if you can almost recall your senators in a similar fashion, at least like your state representatives. It might be that instead of an impeachment. Uh, But I feel... Like we want to be very careful as to what the standards are, because otherwise you'll get them spending more time running for that election so that they don't get recalled, right? Because if you get the recall, then it triggers a new election. And I'm worried that if the bar is too low, despite the fact that I do believe that people should have you know, a certain amount of power there, I'm worried about that distraction that that's that's my initial concern. What do you think about that?
0: Well, that's why I brought up these state legislators as kind of like, the indirect voice of the people for the state at that point. And so, what would you think about compromising something like letting the state legislators recall them?
1: So, when you say state, you're, you're, you're talking then about uh, like my state senators could recall the US senator and the state House of Representatives
0: Senate can recall their own uh, members from DC back because they failed to fill their duties.
1: So, then my question is what happens when, let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, especially more like a swing state, more purple states. They have, I'm trying to think of an exact example of this. So, I, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. So, just here's, here's an example that I made up. Let's say Tennessee has two Republican state senators um, that are in the U.S. And by state senator, I mean like representing the state in the U.S. Senate. So, I guess two U.S. senators. Okay. And the state Senate flips blue. Should they have the option then to recall a senator where they drum up because you're seeing this a lot now, right? Like along party lines, I don't like these people. So then what would happen is your state legislators might try to and, and you would probably reach an instance where this could happen. Oh, well, they they didn't vote the way they didn't represent the will of the people. They didn't vote with Tennessee's interests. So we're going to recall them now because uh, now. I mean, not that I don't think that state senators should have a lot of power, because I do think more should be done at the states, but I also think the states should be more concerned with the state business and not trying to flip a Senate uh, blue or red.
0: Well, in that case, then, what if they got approval from the state legislators, but then the next step would be to, another check of balance, would be letting the state Supreme Court make the final call as far as did this person violate or fail to fulfill their duties? Which at that point, I mean... The courts should be the most independent out of all the three branches the judicial branch let them decide make the final decision whether or not that individual violated or failed to fulfill their duties to where they need to be recalled
1: aren't isn't the state supreme court aren't those aren't they run off of an election like they're voted for correct
0: it varies state by state okay
1: i guess i'm just most worried about how this can be politically manipulated uh, and there's always going to be a way that it can be. I know we're just trying to minimize this. I'm trying to think if there's a way that we can impose limits without expanding any of these governmental powers. Because it, it does worry me a little bit trying to get this power to either your state con- like legislators or your even your state Supreme Court. I know they're supposed to be more impartial, but that doesn't mean that they always are. And I'm worried that they would be more activated. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the more that an entity has power to do something, the more they're either expected or pressured to do that thing, or they concern themselves maybe more than they should. Like that's just kind of an avenue. Once you open that door, you can't close it. That's my concern.
0: So if we just leave that portion, then as far as the recall aspect, state legislators focus on the Senate and then kind of going back to how we used to vote for the house representatives and Senate with the state legislators are in for the Senate. um, (coughs) And then like, just let the vote midterm elections be the referendum of these people, of the House at least, as far as whether or not they want to keep them or not, or they feel as though they fail to fulfill their duties.
1: So you're making a direct tie then between state Senate holds the U.S. Senate accountable for their senators and the state House holds the U.S. House from their state? Is that what you're saying?
0: The people, The people would take part in the midterm elections and they would vote... As far, I mean, just like right now, we vote on our congressional members to represent us in the Capitol Hill, right? Yeah. So why don't we just make that? Just keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, Terminator seventy two fifty says state legislators could initiate the process, but a total recall would have to be voted on by the people of the states. Is that kind of what you were getting at there too, that um, they might initiate, or are you saying that they would be the ones to vote too? Because I could see it. I could see it going one one way or the other. Well,
0: well, that's an interesting uh, idea, actually, as far as like let the state legislators decide whether or not they fail to fill their duties and then
1: let the let recall the people be decided vote. by the people. Yeah, I kind of like yeah. that, actually. That's Appreciate actually a good comment, check balance Terminator. right there.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, part that's, of the, you're part of the Convention of States right now. Look thank at that. You.
1: <laughs> No, I, I actually I do like that because then then you don't have because, again, that that does that puts out my biggest concern there, which was that you're going to have state people trying to activate and flip the U S Senate or the U S house, and then it would go to the people. And then we would so then to just kind of summarize that, what we'd be doing is you would allow your state legislator, um, and we would tie it, Senate, Senate, house, house, they determine whether or not, and they can vote. Uh, so they're almost bringing the articles of impeachment. If you, so it would almost be like the, the Senate can impeach the Senate, the house can impeach the house. And then the people vote whether or not to remove them from the office by way of a total recall. So, yep. mirroring then the federal government impeaching the president.
0: Except it's the states, the people in the states were giving that power back to them.
1: I like that, because then you're truly giving it back to the people, and I do enjoy doing that. So, okay, let me just mark this down. You can carry on ahead. I'm going to mute myself so you don't hear my clickety-clack of a keyboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we came to that compromise as far as how the impeachment process work and we came to... Did we come to an impasse with the filibuster, it seemed like? I forget.
1: I don't think it was an impasse. I think it was, um, well, it, it, filibuster, you said for everything. So basically, you we're restricting budget reconciliation. I was thinking that we should allow budget All right. reconciliation to be 50 plus one within certain parameters, and we could keep mm-hmm. filibuster for everything else. Honestly, I would, even, I would even be willing to say that we would reinstitute the filibuster for Supreme Court justices.
0: It's not a bad idea.
1: We can kick that specific filibuster down the road to to that branch when we cover that. But just a thought. Like if we really... I, I, I feel like we should let budget reconciliation within the parameters that I tossed out before stay the same. But if it's really something you feel strongly about, I'm willing to talk about that as a compromise too. I'm, I'm open to either.
0: Hmm. Let me come back to that. I want to marinate on that thought for now. Uh, here's one other caveat. Well, not caveat, but just something to kind of go back to the single-issue bills and everything like that, the nature of the bills, I want to be sure that Congress cannot take away or suspend the rights of the people or expand their own powers. Uh, how do you feel about adding that limitation?
1: In general, it sounds good. Can you, can you just be a little more specific on like things that, that you're, you're disgruntled with right now, just to paint me a word picture? I mean, let's go
0: back. Let's go to the Second Amendment, for can example. I, right? Sure? <laughs> like, If we added like the limitation... I mean, at that at that point they could not pass something at least in good conscience anyway. I'm sure they could try, but with the just came up with as far as the impeachment process, they would have that balance of check. But they couldn't pass or tried or they would at least be incentivized not to do something stupid like that, like pass a pretty much broad gun restriction, more or less pretty much an almost ban of guns, it seemed like. And if we added that limitation or at least we made it explicit like Basically, do not touch the Bill of Rights is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah. So you're federal saying – federal
0: government should not touch the Bill of Rights whatsoever. So if the federal
1: government touches the Bill of Rights, you're saying that they, that should be an impeachable offense? Yes. Through the process we just set up. Okay. So yeah. I think I'm on board. Uh, I, I would say in general they're not supposed to be able to legislate those things so long as you have a good – uh, judicial branch at the federal level i.e the supreme court that's going to be that check and i think that we've seen that at least on the second amendment cases that have been coming up right like they were like nope you can't these these state things are an infringement so that's already there that they're not supposed to be able to you're basically just if i'm understanding you correctly you're imposing a penalty like that is automatic grounds for the state legislator to be able to impeach the senator yep. who voted for that bill. Okay. Uh, yep. I'm on board with that. Uh, and I, I think that I'm almost wondering if we should bypass the state legislator and just make it so that the people can automatically recall them. Because then they don't rely on their state senators to pull the trigger on making them eligible to be recalled.
0: I still like the state legislature because you brought up a good point earlier as far as like there's always going to be disgruntled people. Yeah. It's kind of like that check of balance like – Maybe some, maybe there's just some disgruntled individuals that feel as though they passed this bill, whatever. Like maybe they came up with a tighter or they, they made some strict, some strict. Let's say they passed a law concerning improving background checks, and some may take that oh that's an infringement of my rights. And then yep. and so like the, there's an extremist that we, we have to have like that check and balance for, check of power for. So I still like the state legislators still being Let able. Me- Go
1: ahead. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Well, let me throw another caveat then that would be specific to like the Bruin decision. If your state legislator gets hauled before the US Supreme Court, they automatically go to a recall. So like the New York state legislators would automatically be up for recall who voted for the Bruin decision, right, that like triggered that because it went to the Supreme Court and was deemed an infringement. Now it doesn't matter whether or not the the New York state legislators want to call them. The people in New York now have the opportunity to impeach them if they want, like to like remove them from office. Other than that, it's up to the state legislators. But but with that decision and you're muted.
0: (laughs) i'm not getting used to this live show. just leave it off (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm getting used to this live show my guy anyways i actually like that caveat because the supreme court does decide like hey this is unconstitutional and you already have we came up with like the fact that they have to be on record that they voted like every single member of congress so the people of new york for example can look up every member who voted to pass this uh bill that would restrict their rights essentially and they could just have an automatic recall or vote automatic recall within let's say within a couple months of them decide or we can make it the next election year um, I don't know how would you want to do that though like would you what would you say like make it to like a couple months after the Supreme Court ruling that people should have like an, should be on the ballot box like after those two months or should it be like the next election cycle they can vote to recall them
1: is it contingent on the Thing being called unconstitutional, like like the Supreme Court has to rule as unconstitutional, or is it contingent on this has gone before the Supreme Court? Now you're up for impeachment, like because it like one would make it so that any time your legislation is borderline, then what do you think?
0: I was thinking more after the Supreme Court ruling, like once the Supreme Court ruling decides that it's uh well no, because what the Supreme Court rule. Rules is something that that people don't disagree with. I don't know. That's an interesting caveat. I have to really think about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Terminator says uh, voting is the recall. Do you agree with hmm? that? Terminator's comment says voting is the recall. Yeah. Sometimes, but here's the thing. Here's 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 the one thing I would I would where I might disagree. Uh, my legislator might not be up for election because you know depending on whether it's Senate or House, it's either two years or six years, so it might not be. Uh, just, be, you know, your your state legislator or my state legislator might not be up for an election this fall, which means I can't voice my thing, you know, my displeasure or my pleasure, depending on whether I want to reelect them. I'll have to come back to that.
0: Let, Let me circle. change yep. Circle back. back.
1: <laughs> and we will um, eventually.
0: I mean, that's a good point, though. I mean, maybe we should just maybe we should keep it simple. Right. As far as uh, uh,
1: the law is not simple. <laughs>
0: That's true, but I, I really do like the idea of state legislators. Like, just something about that appeals to me as far as the impeachment process. I don't know. What do you think? Should we keep it? Let's keep it for over? now.
1: Uh, we'll move on. But let's say for now, um, when we hash we'll out keep, the final yeah. the final version, we can we can decide to scrap it or not. But
0: that's fair. Just like the we're just potter.
1: shooting from the hip right now. <laughs> that's fair. We'll Pot- see. <laughs>
0: Um, and that's true. Terminator, uh, the American people, we do need to pay more attention. Why to we started these shows on. most
1: of the time, I started paying more attention, trying to make it easy for other people to follow along. Because it is, yeah. I, I think the convoluted process is a lot of the reason why people don't.
0: Yeah. So, all right. I think that's pretty much all the points that I wanted to hit on. Uh, I think we agreed as far as single issue bills, like yep. make sure the single issue bills also, was at least broad enough to where they included monetary policy as well, yep. including the policy itself. So, with that said, folks. That is all for the legislative process. I think I'm most proud of the idea of the impeachment going back to the sense. So that's, <laughs> that's the idea I'm most proud of this accomplished tonight. All right. Ryan, close this out, sir. Okay.
1: Well, remember, you can find both of our podcasts on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Twitch, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us on our social medias. If you want to follow at Between the Liars, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Uh, you can follow our live streams on Twitch. Uh, YouTube and our Facebook page Ken and Taboo Topic can be found at Kenjin underscore Express. He has the Substack newsletter as well so that's a nice little bonus and I will ask that if you uh, follow Between the Liars go ahead and follow Ken and if you follow Ken, follow Between the Liars uh, because we have different shows, different schedules but we look forward to bringing you more remember you can help us envision a smaller, better, more accountable government and that starts with a blueprint. Goodbye for now. And don't forget,
0: don't forget to like and subscribe.
1: Yes.